was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me today is my official co-pilot, Lil Baron. Lil, how are you doing today? I'm doing great in this day. <laughs> in this, in this Still trying day. to figure this life out. <laughs> oh, we do live in interesting yeah. times, don't we? Obviously, we're... Very interesting. This is kind of crazy for me. Well, I think it is for all of us. We're smack in the middle of a worldwide <laughs> pandemic, and uh, it's affecting all of us. In the in the past, of course, we've yeah. recorded our show right from the uh, studio at KZNU at St. George News. Uh, the coronavirus has other plans for us, as well as many, many other enterprises that are out there. So those studios are closed down, and you might notice a, a little difference in the sound quality, but we're going to continue to work hard to make sure that you don't notice a difference in the content quality. Uh, but we're recording remotely today. Uh, but speaking of the coronavirus, Lil, this thing is a little bit stressful, isn't it? Oh, so stressful. <laughs> so stressful. So today I wanted to share just a couple of tips for each of us that might help us alleviate some of the stress that is associated with COVID-19. Is that okay with you, Lil? Please do. I could <laughs> use them. And could you send me an email with them too? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So here's the thing, I, I want to share just a couple of ideas on how to lower stress and anxiety specifically about the coronavirus. Uh, we want to make sure that we're keeping the negative cortisol levels in check. And this is from an article that I found on the website, Eat This, Not That. So mm. just, just to okay. start us off, let's remember that cortisol is our body's main stress hormone. It's produced in our adrenal glands and mm -hmm. it's pumped out every time that we're frazzled or we're alarmed by something, we're scared about something. And uh, it's important to remember too that a certain amount of cortisol is actually healthy for our body. It does have anti-inflammatory properties and it's required for our bodies to function optimally. However, <laughs> and, there, and there's a big however there, there are some negative side effects of high cortisol. There's always a big however. <laughs> There's always a but, isn't there? So uh, in particular, mm -hmm. one, of the, always. one of the things that happens when we have too high a cortisol is that we it tends to lead to weight gain, and that is through raised blood sugar levels. Oh. Uh, and that is that that happens generally because of what we commonly refer to as stress eating. You ever heard of that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I all might have. be doing that now. Yeah, maybe. Or not. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Or, you're, or, or you know a friend who might be, right? Maybe. So here's, here's a couple of things. Oh, yeah. Gonna, all my friends are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just going to okay. run through three ideas that might help lower your cortisol levels, okay? Okay. Number one, and I, you know, I don't know, Lil, if anyone is going to like these ideas and don't shoot the messenger. I'm just sharing <laughs> with you ideas that maybe <laughs> will help cut cortisol in your life. Okay. So number one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number one, cut out the caffeine or at least consume less. So a 2005 study in the Journal of Psychosomatic Medicine found that caffeine increases cortisol secretion 
even in people when they're at rest. Because caffeine can stimulate cortisol production and increase blood pressure, Krista Keene, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist, offers the solution to lower cortisol. She says, try doing a caffeine reset. Gradually decrease the amount of caffeine you have each day by swapping it out for a caffeine-free or a lower caffeine alternative. So if you're feeling stress in your life, one of the things you might consider is to cut back on the caffeine. Hmm. Okay. I don't like that. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like you're not loving that one. (laughs) No. Okay. Um, Next. (laughs) All right. Number two. I think you're going to like this one even less. That is to reduce your sugar intake. Oh, great. So they say what? that you reduce your sugar intake. Ugh. I know. I know. <laughs> they say that you should avoid foods mm. that have been heavily processed and pumped full of added chemicals and sugars if you're looking to lower your cortisol levels. These include things like white bread, cakes, pastries, candies, and soda. And they say that you might consider focusing on other sources of energy like fiber-rich proteins, uh, excuse me, fiber-rich foods or proteins or healthy fats, which helps keep your cortisol levels within a normal range. So for example, you might enjoy a whole grain like a bowl of oatmeal, maybe with a banana and almond butter, or you might consider starchy vegetables like potatoes or corn or peas. Maybe add some fruit into the mix or some dairy products or uh, throw together some scrambled eggs with some spinach. All of these foods can help uh, reduce those cortisol levels. And finally, the last one, Lil, avoid or limit alcohol intake when you're stressed. Now that uh, might feel a little anticlimactic or or (laughs) non-intuitive because alcohol often puts people at ease and it makes them feel relaxed. So you might think, well, no, that's reducing my cortisol levels. But uh, unfortunately for our drinkers out there, the exact opposite is true. A study published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism found that men who had just one drink a week saw a 3% rise in their cortisol levels. And those levels can be higher if you're already under a tremendous amount of pressure or stress. So you might consider lowering your intake of alcohol. At wow. This so those are just a few things to think about. But uh, okay. honestly, Lil, I, I, all this talk about stress is kind of stressing me out. So let's, let's put that one to rest, shall we? I was just going to say, <laughs> I was going to say that is kind of stressful. Those three things you mentioned, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I know, I know. So. Let's move on. Today's guest is Steve, okay. Steve Wilson yes. is, our new, is our guest today. Steve's a, the retired CEO of Dixie Regional Medical Center. He earned his bachelor's degree in, and master's of public administration from BYU and then attended a doctrinal program for hospital administration at the University of Iowa. Steve says that he enjoys speaking and writing on the topic of retirement preparation and is co-author of the book entitled Next, Redefining Retirement Lessons for Life's Transitions, which was just published last year. Steve, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. Yes, welcome, Kyle, Steve. It's great to be with you. Hi, Lil. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you. 
I was just getting stressed, so I'm glad you guys broke <laughs> away from that segment. Time to switch topics, right? Yeah, that was pretty rough, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, hey, we're, we're again, we're excited to have you on the show, and uh, we want to talk a little bit about this book that you call Next and Life's Transitions. Um, Great. First of all, how did you how did you decide, hey, I want to sit down and write a book about transitioning to the next phase in life? Well, uh, it wasn't quite like that. Um, uh, I tell people that um, had I gotten an A or B in 10th grade English, it wouldn't have been as difficult to write. Um, <laughs> but... Um, um, I really didn't start out with the idea of writing a book, but I think as most people who've already experienced uh, retirement and those who will experience retirement, you find it to be a much more difficult task than you'd expect. I think most of us go through our careers and we daydream of the point in time when we're able to leave career behind and do whatever we want, but deciding what to do and how to spend your time is really a much more complicated question than we give it credit for. And so I, I certainly went through a period of time questioning just that. So, okay, now what do I do? And um, I began to think about that. And with the help of a friend, I began to write impressions and tried to create my own plan for living in retirement. And one thing led to another. And here you are an author now, even with a C plus in your 10th grade English class. Well, and <laughs> C plus may be uh, we may not be able to check that exactly, so I think I'll <laughs> stay with C plus. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> um, you know, I think um, there's there's many experiences that people have um, with retirement, and um, I think there's a tendency to make it a much bigger deal than it really is. If I can explain that a little bit, um, I think when we, uh, uh, one of the quotes that resonated with me was one from, uh, uh, from Thoreau. Thoreau said that going to, from is the history of every one of us. Going to, from, he explained that life is a series of transitions that we are always in the process of going from something to something. And um, it's just a natural part of things. So I've tended to not like the term retirement because it seems like it's a definitive finish line. It's just a transition. And um, I prefer the term nexting we are actively nexting from one thing to another it just is the case with retirement that we have more opportunity to influence what it is we're going to next 
I like that. That that makes a lot of sense to me. And I know that uh, in in your book you you mention and and explain and expound that that term next uh, for you is actually an acronym. So why don't you run through what the what the N E X T sure. stands for and what that means when you're transitioning sure. from one thing to the next? Yeah, um, it begins with uh, N, which is network. Um, I think one of the important things to keep in mind is that you've assembled a very valuable resource through the course primarily of your professional career, but a network of individuals, contacts, people who have the ability to uh, assist you in providing information, helping to give direction, and to make connections. And uh, in retirement, your network is your most valuable resource. That is coupled with experience. Experience that's often gained from 30 to 40 years of career. Before you jump into the E, I think it's worth really emphasizing the importance of that network. And so often, especially when we're in our professional career, uh, we, we, we hear that phrase and we talk about networking and you go to lunches and clubs and you reach out and you create these relationships. Right. But I think that for most of us, we just think, oh, well, now that uh, we're retired, that network just goes away. And I, I love that idea of holding on to that network and maintaining those relationships and making sure that they carry with you into the next phase, whatever that looks like. I, I love that idea. Absolutely. I do too. You're right on. So, so network, that, hold on to your friends. Network, uh, uh, I'll, well, it's, it's important to keep it alive, to nurture it, to grow it. Um, too often times we see life close in on people who retire. Their life gets smaller. It's important that you do everything you can to continue to make that network vital. It may shift in terms of how it's used and how you reach out to people, uh, not necessarily with the same intent that you did in professional pursuits, but it clearly becomes uh, important for you. And, um, <clears throat> Uh, but to continue to uh, to maintain that contact. So important. And then that leads us, as you were saying, into the E, which is experience. What, what does well, that mean? Well, I think, um, <clears throat> and, and maybe to put the whole thing into the proper context, uh, Kyle, um, um, there's... Uh, uh, a friend that I've made uh, in St. George uh, several years ago, <clears throat> who is a life coach, uh, Cindy Clements. And Cindy um, uh, was an attorney in Los Angeles County, was actually a public defender, and then transitioned to become a life coach and moved to St. George, Utah, wrote a book called Life is a Do-Over. And in that book, um, 
Cindy encourages people, and I think particularly at the retirement transition, to sit down with a blank sheet of paper and the question, if I could be, do, have anything, what would I be, do, have? It's the starting point, really, for my book. I began with that question. If I could be, do, have anything at this point in my life, what would I be, do, have? And I began to write different thoughts of things that I would enjoy, things that I've wanted to do, uh, opportunities that I'd like to pursue, and just began to throw them onto that blank page and gradually refined it to become more of a retirement plan, if you will. Um, but if you were to start with that and ask yourself, if I could be, do, have anything, what would I be, do, have? A lot of people may give up and think, well, that's beyond me. I don't think I have any knowledge of that. I don't have the ability for this or that. That's where you turn to your network. Who do I know who might know someone who could help me? That becomes a very valuable resource in helping you to define your future course. Your experience <clears throat> comes next, that you've gained over a professional career of 30 or 40 years, and you've had some incredible experiences that potentially will become valuable as you shift gears and find your new pathway. X stands for the X factor of life, Kyle, that um, is really your passion. And uh, that will vary for every single person. But what is it that you feel passionate about? What is it that you want to be involved in to help make a difference in the world? And uh, the T is time. People are going to have perhaps as much or more time in retirement than they had in career. And we often don't think of that, but given the advancements in healthcare, uh, people are living longer and will enjoy long period after their professional career. So as you think about the incredible resources you have of a network, experience, passion, and time, you put those together to craft your own unique life after career. I love the way that you've described that and the way that you initially refer to it as nexting because they're all so, each, each step along the way is so connected and interrelated, the, the network and then the, the experience and then reaching back out to that network to help you make sense of some of those experiences, finding your passion, and then uh, utilizing and realizing the time that you have and how valuable it is and, and the abundance of it. You know, a lot of times we spend a lot of our life worrying that we don't have any time. We don't have any time. And uh, to be able to, to prioritize that and understand that I, I think is, is amazing. Um, see, we've got about two minutes or so. Um, you're, you're right. I'm wondering if you have a story or an experience of somebody who's gone through this process successfully and 
and, and made it out on the other end uh, better than they started? Um, you know, there's, there's so many examples. Let me, let me share one uh, from the book. Um, I met Fred Roberts. Fred Roberts uh, played basketball at Brigham Young University and then played 13 years in the National Basketball Association. He retired at age 36. And uh, as he described for me, he said, Steve, I had no clue what to do. And he said, you know, at six foot 11, you don't blend in. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he said, everywhere I went, people would come up to me and ask, hey, Fred, what are you doing? And he said, I had no clue. Absolutely nothing. He didn't have I an answer. I felt worthless. And uh, everybody assumed that I would pursue basketball, I'd coach, I'd do something related to it. But he said, I was tired of basketball and, um, and went through a period of time. Interestingly enough, he had made all the money he needed. He didn't need to work again. He bought a new home. Um, had cars, had everything that most people would think he had it made, but he didn't have a purpose. And uh, his wife told me when I met at their home, it was worse than that, Steve. I'd come home from work and he'd lie on the living room floor and repeating over and over again, I'm worthless, I'm worthless. Oh. Interestingly enough, he had the experience where a substitute teacher was needed at his kid's school. He volunteered, got excited, went back, finished his degree, and for the last 14 years, he's taught sixth grade. He says it's the greatest thing he's ever done. How great is that? We all have to have meaning in our lives. We have to have a purpose. It's not enough to assemble a pile of money to sit on until the end comes. We've got to have meaning in our lives. And um, it just so happened that Fred was one of my granddaughter's sixth grade teachers. I went to an assembly year before last. It was the greatest thing to see sixth graders trailing behind their 611 oh. teacher going down the hallway and he would stop and high five them. And it, it's just, I thought there's a story there. And uh, yeah. Fred and there is an interesting one where he found that purpose. All of us need to find a purpose as we go forward after career. And I would suggest that that purpose begins with, how can I help make the world better? Oh, I love it. I, I love, love that. that, Steve. Love, love, love that. Your oh, thanks, cute little Lil. story just gave me chills. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. That's that's all so the much. that we've got oh, for today. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me. But we definitely will want to have you back sometime and, and expound on some of these concepts. Yes. I love that idea of purpose. Thank you. And I love how in so many ways the Huntsman World Senior Games has been able to provide some of that purpose 
for uh, so many of our athletes. And if you're interested in registering and being a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games, how's that for a segue, Lil? Uh, registration is open. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let's be honest. Yes, it is. Like we said at the beginning, we're in the middle of this worldwide uh, pandemic and COVID-19 is out there. <laughs> Some people are wondering, are you even going to have the games? And the answer is, is yes, we are planning on it. Now, of course, we're going to yeah. monitor the situation and we're going to make the right decision to keep people safe and healthy. But right now, we're planning on holding the event. It happens in October. The dates of the games are October 5th through the 17th. I do want to say in the unlikely event mm -hmm. that the games are canceled, athletes can rest assured that they'll have the choice of either a full refund or a voucher for the 2021 games. So again, there's, there's lots of things at play here, but don't think I'm not going to register because I'll lose my registration right. fee. We're going to cover you that way. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday. Right at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And of course, you can find this uh, podcast anywhere that podcasts are found, and we encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast as well. Our inspirational thought for the day, Lil, you ready for it? I'm ready. This fits perfectly, Inspire me. perfectly with what we just talked about. Be the reason somebody smiles today. Oh, I love that. I until, love that. Until next Thursday, stay active.